It's not about it's not about the whale or the fish or all of those other names. And individuals and theologians have been debating about what type of uh, fish or whale he was swallowed by and can a man fit into it. And they, you missed the whole picture of what Jonah is all about. We're talking about an amazing God. Let's bow in prayer. Father, uh, thank you for our time together. Thank you for the time that we can get around your word and really look into it and see what it has to say. Again, Lord, it's a snapshot of your mercy and your grace and your foreknowledge and your power, and your plan, and Lord, how you deal with each one of these individuals. And so we thank you right now, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, uh, as we uh, go forward now, uh, in our presentation for this morning, um, our introductory verse is, he said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it's because of me that this great tempest has come to you. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly, belly of the fish three days and three nights. Let me pause right now. I was sharing in, in uh, Sunday school the whole idea of, we're coming into the whole idea of Jonah has the mic right now, you know. Pick me up and throw me in. He was willing to die. He didn't know there was a fish there. He was willing to die. Well, um, you don't walk out on God like that. So let's go forward. I have here what I put up on the board before, and this can be given to your mileage when Jonah was running away from God. Nineveh was 65 miles from where the, the 75 miles where God wanted him to go. Uh, Tarshish was 3,000 miles. And so, um, so when he went to Joppa, all he had to go do is travel 75 miles, obey the Lord, life would be great. No, he said no to God got on a ship and decided to go in the Mediterranean toward Tarshish, a 3,000 mile journey to get away from God. But we'll explain that even more, but I want to keep that map before you. And of course, it'll be uh, sent to you via email. Let's get the big picture of the prophet's attitude and actions. His response and rejection of the Lord's command. He ran away, uh, to another destination, rejecting the 75 mile trip to Nineveh and paying a fare to travel 3000 miles to Tarsha. He was willing to die at sea instead of delivering God's merciful, merciful uh, message to 600,000 Ninevites. For those who were not here last week, the Bible used to say, well, pastor says 120,000 and I will agree it does say 120,000, but if you understand the dynamics of what's going on here with Edishine and some of the other guys, the, the conclusion is that the total number was 100, 600,000 Ninevites. Um, his pride and patriotism as a Jew motivated him to permit the wrath of God to fall on his enemies. He read a die at sea as a, patri as a patriot, and then, um, uh, and then 
make sure that 600,000 lives will be snuffed out. Throw me overboard. Now, that's his plan. <laughs> what you say does not mark the day. God marks your day every day. Amen? Well, with that said, taking a closer look at Jonah, the prophet of the Lord, how do you think the response of his actions would affect his Hebrew brethren if he obeyed God and Nineveh repented of their sins? This, this is reflective here. You see, if Jonah did exactly what God said, and him being a prophet of God, now he had to go back to his people and say, well, what, what took place? Say, well, I prophesied and over 600,000 of them um, Assyrians got saved. He wouldn't have looked too good in front of his protégés. Um, and so being a patriotic Jew and, everything, and all the other feelings, he, it became so powerful that he turned and, and he didn't say it, his action proved it. God said, go this way. He decided to go another way. And here's a lesson about going your way when God has the only way. Thinking it through. When the Lord disciplines those who are his, it is not a, to destroy the person, and listen carefully, but to realign his priorities, perspective, and practice. God could have given Jonah a brain aneurysm, raised up another prophet, and, and sent the message to Nineveh. Nineveh was going to be, be, decided, uh, be saved in the period of God, time that God uh, said that he, they would be saved. Now, for the records, Nineveh indeed will be saved by Jonah. And, uh, but there's another prophet. It's about 65 years later that Nineveh, many of them folks have died off, and there's a new group growing up, and they, this, this whole thing had not lingered with them, and so God sent another prophet. This time it's Nahum, the book of Nahum, and it, it shows how God is devastating. There is no mercy, but that's another, another tale. Meanwhile, let's get this guy back on track, okay? So let's go on. Uh, consider the Lord's making the adjustment to Jonah's response and reverence for God. One, the appointment. <laughs> whenever, whenever you say no to God, you and him have to talk, okay? Number two, the adverse conditions. Uh, number three, the acknowledgement of the sovereignty of God. Well, let's start off now with the appointment. I think that's important. And the Lord, now again, we talk about mics. Now, uh, the Lord has the mic. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up the Jonah, of Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. The Lord activated his immediate response to Jonah's decision. You want to die in the sea? <laughs> Not when you still have to talk to me. I got, I got a little something, something for you. So the first thing he did, he appointed a great fish as a method of detention. The first thing, I'm going to hold you so you won't go any further. You're not, get, you're not going to Tarshish. You're going to stay right here in this fish or your, um, your, fish, your Uber fish. That fish will take you where you need to go, but I'll be directing the fish. The next, he appointed a fixed time to confront Jonah's disobedience. Three days and three nights. Our meeting won't be very long, but by the time I finish with you, I think you'll understand. Uh, your no doesn't go with me, right? Uh, I trust that a lot of us uh, understand something. 
Don't ever twist your lips or move your thinking of saying no to God or deciding not to do it. Don't think that God says, oh, that's my child. And uh, God first chasing those whom he loved. And here's a clear picture. It's all about the Jehovah God, his mercy, his grace, his plans, and then his servant who decides he'll go another direction. All the angels obey God. Nature obeys God. Everything obeys God, obey God except Jonah. Well, the Lord's okay then. Uh, then I want to make this up, make this into a book so that everybody else can learn. Don't play with me, I tell you, when I give you my plans. Well, you got that idea. Observation. Why did God create a great fish? I mean, God created a fish. So the question came and that really puzzled me was, why did God uh, do this with a great fish? Permit me to suggest, suggest two reasons. One, the first reason was to swallow, detain, and confine Joseph uh, Jonah's activities. In other words, you're not going anywhere. To enable Jonah to properly assess his situation and adjust his attitude. Okay. The next is kept Jonah from dying in his rebellion. I think that is so important that he would die in his rebellion. <coughs> Excuse me. But what for Jonah to be thrown overboard and the, and the fish was not there? Oh, yes, he would have died but he would come before God as a failure. Not that he didn't have power. He rejected the power and do it his way. The second reason was to use uh, Syrian's God, Dagon, to get everyone's attention. Let's flip it up there. And I, I, have, I think I have a, a picture of Dagon. There you go. And here we have a picture of Dagon. Uh, he's the God of that Mediterranean Sea. And they worship that God. And so uh, when he went into the sea and the fish swallowed them, those who believed in Dagon uh, actually think that um, Dagon has something to do with it. No, God did. But God used the opportunity. Understand, God have always used that. When you look at Moses and the 12 plagues, God attacks the various gods that they worship. And so here God is going to use this to get Nineveh's attention. Just because he came out of the water, he didn't get their attention because of that, uh-uh. Um, God used a method. Now let's go to the next slide. And this uh, next slide, we talk about, uh, note, remember the four things necessary to get and hold a person's attention. One, the look, get their attention. Two, the hook, hold their attention. The book conveys specific in information that took encourage and attitude to take immediate action. So when God prepared the fish, not only was it for Jonah, it was also for Nineveh. And so the impact of it, uh, the word spread faster than Jonah could probably walk uh, because here is this big fish that they worship the, the ocean now, they worship and this big fish comes up and spits a man on the, on, the, on the ground. And this man is still alive. You mean to tell me that these folks did not spread that around? Well, that's speculative, but we're going on. Second, the adverse condition. 
Now let's go inside the fish and see what's going on. Jonah was the microphone, uh, has the microphone uh, to speak. Notice the narrative of his, con uh, of his confinement. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. Now notice he didn't pray before. From the belly of the fish. Says, I called out to the Lord out of my distress. And he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried. And you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the flood surrounded me, all the waves and your billows passed over me. See, he wasn't expecting all of this. Uh, he decided, I just, I'll just dive into the sea, and I'll, I'll be famous, and uh, 600,000 people lose their lives. But God had another plan. It's amazing. A lot of folks come away with testimonies because of their disobedience not because they obeyed God. So God has said, let me give a snapshot of what people say when they disobey me. I'm not out to kill them. Because as I said, he could have given Jonah a brain aneurysm. He didn't. He just threw them in his uber fish and held them there for three days. Uh, that's God. He keeps it simple. Then I said, we're still the mic. I am driven away from your sight. Yet shall I again look upon your holy temple. The waters uh, closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. At the root of the mountains, I went down to the land of whose bars closed up, up, uh, upon me forever. Yet, yet you brought me up, my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. There's a few things we need to pause and, and talk about. Let's move to our next slide to make sure that I'm not doubling my, myself here. I kind of jotted some notes down too. Um, that's not on, on this. Bear with me. Anyway, um, before we, we go any further, here's I I jotted down just in case, uh, just in case it doesn't happen. And so here, let me let me just read some things to you real quickly. In my devotions, I understand now these people uh, are getting ready to be separated from God forever. Understand something else: these six hundred thousand people will be like Jonah going down into the depths, the bars closing in, and no sense of God. I want to read to you uh, some of one of the things that's very important to God. Um, uh, it's out of one of my devotionals, and it's, and it's called uh, Who I Am in Christ. It's about 100 things that says out of this, and then Lewis says this. Also, first like our maker, we have astounding creativity, intellectual, emotional, and moral capacity. Second, we enjoy extraordinary relational abil uh, abilities. We can know God and other people intimately. We are able to relate to the created world around us in deeply meaningful ways. The fact that we bear the image of God means 
we have great dignity and worth and breathtaking potential. I read that because when we talk about all the things that um, happens, these people have all of those made in the image of God, these 600,000 people, and Jonah want to uh, wipe them out. And that was not God's intention. God created them. God knew that they'll be there at that point, And that's why he appointed a prophet. And then a disobedient prophet. So he appointed a fish to, to get a hold of his prophet. And we'll notice all the tools God used on his prophet. And while the Lord is using mercy, Jonah wants to be a martyr. Well, uh, I hope that you're not disobeying God. You're just getting in the way. The acknowledgement of the sovereignty of God. So as we look at this, first, his description. When my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. But no, Ecclesiastes says, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, your years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Now he remembers. Okay, well, he can't go anywhere. Okay. Uh, into your holy temple. He did this, his declaration. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. His decision. But I will voice the thanksgiving, will thanksgiving to you. Uh, I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. That sounds like a good attitude. Praise the Lord for his good attitude. And of course, God has a response to that, though. Uh, let's go on. His deliverance. And the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Uh, you notice the two actions of the fish. The first one is he swallowed Jonah. God appointed him to do that. Then after Jonah, after three days, then he said, take your uber self to that shore and spit him out. And after three days, and he says, and listen for the words, and salvation spoke, salvation is to the Lord. And the fish spit him out. An obedient prophet. Ah, ah. Oh, he's going to do, his attitude might not change, but he's going to do what he's told. What does it take for God to uh, cause us to do what we told, regardless of our attitude? Jonah had a serious problem that needed to be addressed and adjusted. Here are some of the non-negotiables that he needs to learn. One, God is not our concierge, servant, slave. Two, God is not to be ignored or disobeyed. Three, God must always be our top priority. Four, God expects us to have and maintain a thankful spirit. Five, God expects us to make vows that we will keep and maintain. I think that's very important. And so we, we notice that when the sailors, uh, the sea was calmed and everything else, the thing, the thing that they did was uh, they worshiped the Lord and they made vows, they offered sacrifice and made vows to the Lord. 
while, while Jonah was trying to say, say, save them, God said, no, I'll save them. I'll use a storm to get their attention. And so the sailors, every encounter God has, uh, where Jonah runs away, folks get saved. He runs to the, to the ship, to the sailors, the sailors get saved. He gets spit out on the shore. Now 600,000 people get saved and he needs to have a changed attitude. Uh, now just to let you know, God is in control. As you go through the rest of this day, it's not your way, it's his way. So acknowledge the Lord uh, in all that we do and, uh, and he will direct our path. But, but Jonah makes a very, very makes a clear point here. God does not do what we, we tell him to do. So do not talk where they are talking down to God. We are to look up to the hills from whence cometh our help. Well, I got you. I think you got the idea. Uh, I just thought I'd give a little a snapshot picture whether he's back. <laughs> uh, he didn't look like that going. Uh, it's, 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 it's bad though when you uh, when you don't do what God tells you to do. You don't look like what you used to look like well, before you had that opportunity. Miss opportunity make you look a little bit different. Uh, but God is in the business, or he can get cleaned up and everything, but God is in the business of changing the inside so that you can be a tremendous impact to those on the outside. So Jonah is back. And, um, and I think that he got it very clear. Oh, oh okay, I, I got the picture. Uh, I need to start from this point on. Yeah. Um, one last thing then. As we reflect on Jonah's situation, my mind began to focus on a similar situation where there is no mercy or answered prayer, the eternal state of the loss. Their fears, their cries, their eternal dis disconnection from God, their environment, their helplessness, their torment, their eternal state of hopelessness. Every person you see, as I said last week, every person you see outside, if not in your home, that do not know Christ, this is only part of the list that they will experience, not for a moment, not for a thousand years, forever. God will shut his ears to their cries. They will experience not the salvation of God, but the silence of God. Nineveh is, is on the brink of getting one of the biggest, the greatest opportunities to get to know God, that they would not have to experience this. And God is telling Jonah, Jonah, I want you to go. And in his heart, in his, uh, in his old thinking, he stiffened himself to say no. Throw me overboard. And the Lord said, no, I'm going to throw you into my fish and we got to talk. And then I'm going to have him spit you out because we got some work to do. What does it take for the Lord to get us where we should be? It's not about you. It's about God. So readjust your personal pronouns. I, me, and, and think about them, they individuals who do not know the Lord. Well, I think you have the idea. Well, we'll pick it up from here. Uh, next time we meet as Jonah uh, has a message with the hook, the look,
the book, and the tooth. Amen? Let's bow in prayer. Father God, we thank you for the saints of God. Thank you for your word, what it has to say to us. You've given us an uh, in-depth insight of what's going on here attitudes and life be, lives being changed and and lord how you begin to use your tools uh three of them you've used so far you use the the storm uh, and each time you say a great storm and uh a tumultuous winds lord and you use all of those and then you need a great fish which means lord you are not going to let us out of what we need to do thank you lord for keeping us from regret. I pray, Lord, that we will, as a body of believers, will live this day obeying you and never regretting one moment. But there might be one on the sound of my voice that might not know Christ as their savior. That's the biggest mistake or decision they ever made. And all they had to do is this, acknowledge that Jesus Christ is God who came in the flesh, who died on the cross of Calvary for our sins, who shed his blood, and through his blood is the forgiveness of sin. And they had to admit, Lord, I am a sinner. I can't save myself. Will you save me right now? Now, when they do that and believe that, Lord, they're saved. May that be the case in their ears. For Chicago Land Bible Fellowship Church, those who know you, it's time for us to sit down and look at our priority list. Uh, we can get so busy that we could put God all the way at the bottom shelf. No, he belongs at the top. Guide us, Lord. Because where you position in our life will affect how we hear you and respond. And you have told us in your word, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. So we thank you for what you're going to do. Grant us a victorious week. Grace your faithfulness. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.